Welcome to Tea with Culture. My name is Hen Mizaina. This episode was recorded on the 22nd of March, a few weeks into the significant changes felt all around the world caused by the coronavirus. I was invited by Warehouse 41, an arts and design center based in Abu Dhabi that hosts exhibitions and public programs, to moderate a discussion for their new podcast called Warehouse 421 Conversations. You can listen to the discussion here, and a huge thank you to Warehouse 421 for letting me share this episode with you, our listeners. Welcome to Warehouse 421 Conversations and a discussion about art and artists in times of disruption. My name is Hinma Zaina. I'm an artist and a co-founder and co-host of Tea with Culture podcast. Since March 14th, museums and cultural spaces across the UAE closed their doors for health and safety reasons due to the coronavirus. It's been a tough two weeks for all since that announcement, and Warehouse 421 invited me to moderate a discussion about the impact of the current interruptions in the local art ecosystem and the various ways that livelihoods in the arts can continue during times of disruption. With me are three guests from different parts of the art sector to have this conversation. Please introduce yourselves. Hello, uh, my name is Kevin Jones. I'm uh, a writer and educator based in Dubai, and I'm also the founder of a consultancy called Juniper Mind, which works with artists and brands around new forms of innovation. Hi, my name is Zara Javanji. I'm a multidisciplinary artist and educator based in Dubai. My name is Omar Bhatt. I am the founder and co-director of a contemporary art gallery in Dubai called Grey Noise. So March is normally a art month in Dubai, normally known as March Madness because of the increased number of activities with exhibitions and talks and performances and events. And of course, it kind of leads up to Art Dubai, which normally takes place towards the end of the month. And over the past few years, we've seen uh, newer art-related events also taking place in other emirates, uh, like in Abu Dhabi and Sharjah, that gets added to the calendar of this art month. And I saw Art Dubai's announcement early March, uh, 3rd of March to be specific, about postponing the fair due to ongoing global health implications of the coronavirus. And I noticed soon after that there was this kind of domino effect of more announcements of closures in the arts and culture sector. And I know these are unprecedented times for all, and we're all seeing almost every single industry being impacted, especially financially because of this pandemic. And many of us are taking it at a day at a time in terms of all the news and changes. But what has been the impact so far, and how have you and your peers been handling it? And can we start maybe with Umar, if you tell me, because I think the galleries are one of the main uh, spaces that have been affected. Well, uh, it's pretty much on a daily basis a new sense of uh, inquiry as far as what I feel I am going through at the moment uh, may be uh, not just currently thinking about the future too much, just thinking about what's happening literally every hour. Um, I already sense through negotiating a lot of material which is being shared on different uh, online platforms that there will be uh, a very um, aggressive, uh, um, I would say, uh, shift in, uh, in how art galleries and businesses related to contemporary art dealing or other genre, I mean, they're going to specifically uh, think more carefully uh, restructure uh, the norms, the templates that we've all known for since 
let's say, the real prime time of uh, the white cube or the gallery kind of structure. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm personally really uh, more responding to the slowness of time for me. Uh, we, at our end, usually work with a specific uh, uh, sort of, uh, you know, methodologies. And I think uh, I'm just uh, really, uh, at that moment, incubating ideas might it be starting conversations with artists that we usually talk to and take their point of view also what they are feeling. So I think the word which for me is quite important right now is, um, uh, you know, how everybody's feeling about this. Because, um, and I also consider using this term which uh, might be a bit forward, but I feel it's like a reset moment. Yeah, a reset button, I think, is something I've been thinking about. Is this an opportunity to reset and rethink? And, and is this something you're feeling uh, uh, with other commercial galleries as well? Is there like a sense of, I think, feeling that you're all going through this together? Uh, I, do you feel like there's more maybe, are you all talking to each other? I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, I know normally I you think, do. I uh, think we are, we are curious. We're talking in, as far as just finding out how we are, how our healths are, how the employees are. I think these are the basic concerns. And of course, I think uh, I luckily am at that strata of galleries which are dealing with uh, very small uh, financial uh, uh, outputs. So we don't really look at very ambitious in things as far as uh, our expenditure is concerned. But yes, New York, as we all know, and as I'm seeing my friends sharing a lot of material online to start looking at what the future entitles to them because they are quite petrified because of uh, really uh, exuberant rents and uh, and they have a very strict um, um, income uh, feed that they have to kind of follow up to. Otherwise, it will be impossible for them to pay their employees. So um, one step at a time, I think uh, I'm also trying to uh, look at my current environment, which is the UAE, Dubai, and the art district where we're in. Uh, and a lot of conversations are happening. A lot of interesting point of views are being shared uh, on the positive side too. Uh, and uh, I think that um, uh, it's it's really a moment a moment uh, to contemplate. And Kevin, what have you noticed? Because you work very closely with a lot of arts organizations, be them gallery spaces, or an example is also Circle Avenue in general. Um, and yeah, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are, like even like with the re reaction of the museums, like you know how they've responded. And so yeah, what kind of discussions or what ideas you've seen or not seen? Yeah, so I think like everyone, I've been consuming a lot of stuff online, and, and specifically what I'm interested in is is this idea of space, like how are we rethinking spaces that we typically go into. So. Um, you know, I, I have a friend who says very often that you know artists today don't need galleries anymore; they just need a good website and to be connected to a lot of to a lot of different um, you know curators and writers and people who actually can broadcast uh, their work a little a little bit more uh, forcefully. Uh, and I wonder—I mean, I don't know if I subscribe to that entirely, but I wonder how much we were not kind of rethinking this whole idea of space now. So I've been looking. So Sursok yesterday at the museum in, in Beirut. Um, 
um, put through a lot of people saying that they have virtual tours. Yes, their yeah, I've seen that and a the lot. Virtual <laughs> tour is really a very two dimensional. It's kind of like a gallery of, of images. Just and images. It's, it's hardly, you know, it, it barely passes as, as a tour, um, and the technology is really, you know, not not really leveraging anything uh, particularly sophisticated. Uh, you know, Susuk, to its credit, did a little bit better than that. But I wonder, you know, all of these attempts that we're seeing to sort of respatialize and rethink this idea of space. I'm, I'm. I'm spending a lot of time thinking about that um, and, and what can be done there. So, the, you know, I'm enjoying this sort of slumber that's sort of taken over the whole place. And I, and I guess very recently when I sort of broke out on my own and stopped my sort of corporate life and had, an, uh, you know, developed my own company, I, I felt that, you know, every day was a... Was a you know, I, I worked very differently and I spent a lot of time... I, you know, just in my own home as a recluse, kind of like uh, writing and reading and stuff. Pre-preparing for social distance. <laughs> yeah, so I was already fine. I think my life is already like conditioned by social distancing from a young age. So I, I, I sort of like love the, the reclusiveness of it. But I also understand at one point that there will be an explosion of, you know, of this content that's coming out. And somehow I think the content needs to be held to different standards. I think we're seeing a lot of reactive content True. now. And I wonder how much we can sort of innovate that content a little bit more and, and come up with other things. So the podcast, you know, in and of itself, I think, I think somehow people might start leapfrogging technology that has been around for a while, like the podcast, and maybe thinking of something else to do around it. So I haven't seen that yet. Um, I haven't, you know, I, I don't know how wide one's net can be cast as well in in this space, but I, I haven't seen anyone who's really sort of completely innovating that, uh, that space yet. And Zahra, as an artist, what have you been going through? What have other discussions with fellow artists, you know, what has been, because there's been a lot of communication, I think, that focused on uh, the galleries and the collectors, and a lot of comps, I never saw something talking about supporting the artists here, you know? And, uh, and I know this month was an opportunity for lots of artists who have been making work for pretty much, you know, almost a year leading up to March to showcase their work and exhibit and potentially sell. And I know a lot of artists are missing, completely missing out on those opportunities. So what does that mean then, right? That your the hard work that's gone in, you know, almost a year into research and producing work and no one's there to see it and... What, you know, and I know every, every day new decisions are being made. Like, how do you postpone? Do you f think of other ways of showing? Like, what have you kind of, yeah, what, has, what conversations have been going on in your corner? Um, I, I think personally, I just kind of sort of think it's, a, it's, a, it's the downtime for us in a way that we kind of sort of can think about as an artist how we can um, just focus on our practice and like relaunch ourselves when, when things get better. Um, yeah, and I think of course, the, you know, of course um, things have been like, there's no doubt that we're all kind of sort of placed in this precarious position and, you know, and it's evident that how interconnected the world is. I think what was really important was for us um, that whatever work that we kind of sort of produced is something that's shown in the right capacity. So just to clarify to listeners, I think you're referring to the work that uh, was done for the Campus Art Dubai, which you were part of. And I believe there were four artists who were part of Campus Art Dubai this year. And the end goal of it was to show their work at uh, specific spaces within uh, the art fair, which obviously got cancelled. And so what happens? And... And 
and I, I believe in our previous conversations, you said that there was a lot of thinking about what work will be made and where will it be shown, because it was very specific to what location. And so it's not as easy as just putting the work online, right? Because it's something that was engaging with space and, and yeah. people. And it's, so it's a very different way of just saying, oh, no, I made work, and let me just put a picture of it online, because that's not also, as an artist, how you want to present this work, because there was more to it, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's something which is, like, is important to us, you know, because we kind of sort of spend the entire year keeping space in mind, keeping in mind that whatever we're creating, um, we wanted to have it in such a way where there is probably a public interaction, where there is um, um, interaction in such a way where the work is seen um, with its, in, in its best possibility. Yeah, like, I think artists are feeling a complete... Um I don't want to say loss, but it, it's, a very, it's very difficult for them because, like, wait, where is my, you know, because you don't necessarily have your space to show something. And, and so it's a shame. I, mean, I know, Kevin, any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's so March meetings as well, which yes. is probably the biggest casualty. So just to the clarify March to meetings. listeners, March yeah. meetings organized by Sharjah Art Foundation. It's like an annual symposium that happens in March. Yeah, and which largely is based around talks and, 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 again, these kind of symposia. And how does programming then kind of innovate? How does programming occupy a space online that isn't just something that, that, that's kind of one-dimensional? Whether, whether it's local, and again, I think the local is, you know, it, it's sad that it, that it went away, but I guess we're all folded into, like, the giant problem which is universal and you know which really does kind of you know leave us all at a place of a common denominator in many ways so yeah I'm sad I'm sad that um that that, that the campus art Dubai um thing wasn't shown I went to a studio visit uh, you know for what that's worth but I you know I but then you know so that work won't go away it won't disappear but I suppose one day it will be seen and then you know for the people who do have the work and, and and it's there. How can you how can you then put it out there in the most kind of engaging, interesting way? And then what do you do with something like the March meeting? So maybe Sharjah is is hard at work, kind of thinking of uh, of means of doing that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe it's a call to the local community as well to sort of think um, to think kind of holistically around what's happening. But it will echo immediately universally because we all have the same problems. Now, David Zwirner probably has better ways of, of, of attacking it than, you know, than, than Grey Noise does, sadly. Because, I mean, yeah, I think currently, uh, like, galleries are still open, but by appointment only, so that's kind of one way of visiting. And, and I don't know, I mean, is, is, this is a question for Umar, like, is the engagement with collectors, like, important, and has that been impacted at this point? It off... Uh the March season or whatever opening, uh, how we open up the shows together. I think that um, all of this uh, has completely stopped. And I think that uh, even if I'm keeping my gallery open or a couple of us are keeping the gallery open by appointment, trying to respect the regulations, which are extremely essential. Uh, but I'm also thinking if I need to, like, straight away everybody started thinking about, okay, what is the method to, to reach out? Like all this, as you said, online or uh, writing really private personal notes uh, to your uh, clients about uh, the state of affairs, they're also going through a lot of stress, right? So I think uh, we just also have to think about humanity right now. And I feel my stance on this is slightly different to maybe a lot of other galleries which are probably profitable. Uh, we do have a commercial gallery, uh, but I also operate on a scale which is um, 
more on the on the line of a, a kind of a, a kind of a uh, a borderline sort of kunsthalle approach you know like you're making exhibitions but of course uh, you're trying to bring people in um whereas your question was about uh, the collectors i think uh, everybody needs to sort of uh, restructure rethink and uh, yes um, they might support you they might send you a message i think a lot of people responded back to my personal notes which were pr probably just to to know if they're okay uh, not to everybody of course uh, to some friends uh, i mean uh, it's uh, i totally understand that they need uh, they need some space around uh, to uh, resolve uh, as we are in the uae um, i think uh, europe where my interaction is more uh, people are extremely uh, vulnerable they are extremely um, uh, uh, i would say uh, in another state of mind so yeah yeah, because it's it's. I'm glad you said that because I, um, you know, various conversations were happening the past few weeks, and you know, talking about like, no, we have to support the galleries and the collectors. And I said, look, in a time of health crisis, like, is 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 how many are actually prioritizing spending money on art? And you know, at this point, does it sound even right? You know, just because we know lots of places who, you know, people have lost jobs. You know, industries like I said, almost overnight have kind of just gone through financial loss. And I said, like, so this, the way we're talking about protecting this ecosystem and this language of commercial art and selling just sounds distasteful in my opinion. Very much. And I think uh, what I'm interested in as a point of view or as a, as a person who owns a business, uh, I think uh, I want to allow myself to be in that state of mind where I can think. So right now, I can't think. So if you can't think, your content will not be produced. And I think... Uh, uh, I'm very fascinated by what's happening right now, and I think uh, it's extremely—it's uh, a moment which, uh, which, uh, which will really make us realize uh, uh, how fragile uh, things are. And I, I think I'm—I'm uh, I'm just taking a step at a time. And I mean, is it a sense of like if you, if certain art spaces or institutions want to think? So it means you know not posting a million things on social media and saying, this is what we're doing. And if they don't do that, is that a bad thing or a good thing? You know what I mean? There's like pros and cons because... I think it's totally... It's how totally do you fine. share what, mm. what... Okay, like we want to be with you. We want to support this process of thinking. Yeah. But if it also means you're pushing... Because I mean, I'm also seeing with other brands, right? So in the service sector, like some people are doing it correctly. Some people are not yeah. as if like nothing's going on. It's like read the room, right? Like yeah. how your tone. And, um, and if, you know, and I think maybe... And I understand of certain you know, institutions or artists or gallery art spaces, you know, if they don't post anything, does that mean, oh, they're just not doing anything? But that that's not necessarily true. It's, it's totally fine to stop. Yeah. I stopped and I also tried to uh, create a sense of, uh, sense of normality in this, this very uh, pretentious, uh, extremely uh, distant reality of... Uh, just sitting and uh, swiping your mobile phone. I mean, yes, people know that it's the March week uh, in Dubai. A lot of people are looking at it at that angle. Uh, we already know there is a lot happening, already being planned by a couple of us, uh, uh, including uh, our district, who've been extremely generous to think uh, a bit uh, forwardly, which is nice. But um, I believe that uh, I'm keeping uh, very consciously a system intact where things are just given a bit of slowness to, you know, 
because I'm also, um, I'm, I run the gallery on my own. I do not have someone who has been hired to promote my exhibitions. So I think that temperature which I feel I'm going through, I'm projecting it through these small little uh, kind of uh, extremely relevant platforms now. And uh, I, I am strategizing, of course, because I need to also pay my bills. Uh, but uh, my strategy is something that I believe uh, you will very hopefully see slowly. And where have you noticed, Kevin? Because again, you come from a background of communication and strategy, and so I'm interested to you know get your thoughts on what you've observed, what you've you know what kind of caught attention or. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think we've uh, we've, we've been through it, but I th I think. Uh, I don't think there's a system of everyone is kind of making it up as they go mm. along. Although in the very beginning, it did it seem felt like, like that. that. Yeah, there seemed to be like a bit of a knee jerk that okay, well, let me scramble and do this. And and I, I kind of get a feeling that we're coming out of this scrambling phase, and people are actually trying to plan out a little bit more. Um, so I see things coming out from galleries now where there's a little bit more storytelling around artists, where films that you may have only gotten a trailer of before, you'll actually see the full 45 or 47 minutes and 36 seconds of it now. So there's a certain shift in terms of visibility of things. Um, and again, I think that's true for institutions as well as, uh, as, well as for commercial galleries. Um, Again, how, how do artists promote? I can only see um, from, again, the work that I do, uh, teaching uh, primarily in Tashkil here, um, in, uh, well, in Dubai, that, 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 I mean, I think artists are also kind of digging in a little bit more to use time for their practices differently. Again, I mean, I, I think it's interesting to see that people who don't necessarily spend a lot of time sitting still are now forced to, you know, sort of stay at home and, and, and do things. And I'm finding artists trying, you know, I, I, I work with a couple of artists in terms of, like, uh, uh, practice advisory, helping them, you know, n you know, through their practice, but also in, in how they write about their practices, how they, um, I, I hate to use the word promote themselves, but how writing sort of that they put out in the world reflects the, 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 the pillars of their own practice. And I find that this is a moment where uh, they're, they're very keen keen to have those conversations with me. You know, they're very keen to say, well, you know, I have these five strands to my practice. How do I bring them together? Or, you know, I want to be able to do, you know, a, a, a painting a month, but how do I, you know, how do I get closer to a sort of narrative structure in my work rather than sort of just this kind of accumulative sort of gesture that I've been doing all along. So I, I, maybe it's just luck that, you know, my, my kind of hammering away at this for so long is kind of bearing fruit. But I feel that there is a moment now where there, there, there are people, um, artists in this community who are sort of taking a step to kind of re-engage re with the process. And, and, and you would have to call that strategic, right? That's not a knee-jerk. There has been thought and time that's gone into it to say, okay, well, here I am as an artist, and now I'm being forced to rethink things, and, you know, and, and this, is, this is kind of the help that I need from you to get to this, you know, to this place where I want to be. That's, you know, by definition, a strategy. Because, yeah, I mean, I've seen examples where, like, some artists are giving, uh, I don't know, like, uh, uh, you know, drawing classes on, on, you know, through Instagram stories, for example. Or I also noticed Nucked, so the kind of this collective that focuses on art criticism, and they're trying to help, I think, other freelancers in case they've, they've lost job opportunities because things have shut down and trying to find ways, I think, to help them. So I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, another example is Lawrence Abahamdan. He's 
post he's kind of posted his video works uh, which are like you know long pieces 20 to 40 minutes uh, on YouTube and I think the comment he said was these works were meant to be showing in exhibitions that aren't happening or they've been postponed so they'll be online till these exhibitions happen so I thought that was an interesting gesture of sharing work uh, but I also think about people who are doing all of this you know artists so it's free labor like so <laughs> and how much of that as it is I think we are in a region where I think artist labor is not necessarily respected enough and it, you know not paid well enough and it's treated as you know exposure seems to be a form of currency by <laughs> people who are hiring jobs so I also kind of question my making things so easily visible and available online is this going to slowly normalize this way of thinking of, yeah, no, you know, I don't need to pay for this because it's online. I mean, yeah, I mean, your thoughts, I mean this is what, like, you know, going back to it, you don't want to kind of sort of put your work up digitally because, you know, you know, things have just been canceled and, like, how do we kind of sort of promote your work and give that authenticity that your work deserves? Um, and, um, like, yes, of course, I, my question goes back to, like, you know, or goes to like galleries or curators, you know, how can they support artists on a digital platform? You know, there are models which have been practiced abroad where, you know, you have um, constant uh, shows that have been curated on a digital platform. And, you know, so that gives an artist like a boost or kind of sort of an intention to create more work. So I think these are like sort of important parallels that we can kind of sort of bring in over here and kind of sort of talk about it from artist perspective like we are of course we're investing ours end which no one really sees exactly yeah there's a lot of uh, yeah there's a lot of unrecognized labor that goes totally and um and like even at this point we're kind of sort of in some ways talking about the loss that's happened um from audience perspective but you know like how do artists um uh, can get funding or aid in this in this time of crisis where you know, we we were in some ways relying on a lot of projects which are now just being cancelled. Um, so yeah, these are things which are like sort of important to kind of sort of um, have, think about and how we can renegotiate that space. I mean, like even like just the aid in terms of like how can we like talking about making work? Where can artists make work, especially since now we're all at home? You know, I've I've been in a position where I've kind of sort of created work between my main door and the kitchen, you know, because that was my desperation. Um, but like, how can we kind of sort of bring in spaces for for makers, especially here? To, to involve in 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 in, uh, in making and and do things according to that. Yeah. yeah, I mean those I mean those kind of spaces are already limited anyway. So like the Shkiel as a space where I work out of that's closed. So I you know what what I can't go and test and experiment and uh, so yeah whoever has to do work at home has to. But yeah, not every artist can just easily make something <laughs> at home, right? It's a different. Uh, it's very different to many different people. But I also kind of looked at examples. I know, like in the UK, the Art Council kind of announced way, ways of trying to support artists in times like this. And I always, I've been saying this for many years. You know, we don't have that kind of entity here in the United Arab Emirates. There's no centralized art body or council that's there in time that could. You know, I'm not saying just to help in times of crisis, obviously, but it's to me, this has, I think, shown a lot of what's lacking. Like, so this period has emphasized what's lacking. And I'm hoping what's lacking is something that gets brought up in different discussions, which is why I'm hope you know, this is one of the platforms I'm trying to use to raise that. And, you know, do you think there's potential that this could lead to some kind of centralized council that's there to support 
fun, you know, in terms of funding, artists or even uh, small galleries, right? So like how there's SMEs, you know, and there's like an economic kind of cash flow that's supporting small uh, businesses. You know, what's an equivalent for gallery spaces that maybe has an employees of, you know, up to four people, for example, right? So I'm not talking about kind of big name galleries. Uh, you know, what, what do you think some, there's potential for something like that? And if there is, how, how does one rally for something like that? Kevin? <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I mean, I, I, I'm slightly pessimistic about mm, <laughs> what right, happening yeah. for, you know, just looking at the ground um, here. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a very neoliberal place and we're all, we're all very much reliant on the commercial framework to, to survive. So who would step in to do that? Um, maybe you'll find a, like a private donor or some kind of, some kind of, you know, benefactor to do that. Um, it, you know, who would be the usual, you know, uh, instances that do that in, in, in less um, kind of neoliberalized spaces or, or at least where that, that reliance on the commercial is in primary over, you know, any kind of safety net that would come from a, from, from a federal or a municipal level, you know, a grassroots thing where you, you engage them to, to, you know, to look at something simple like spaces. I mean, people who have been sort of, you know, I used to work at Teshkil a lot as well. Um, and I think there are, you know, the, 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 the people who were working at Campus Art Dubai's um, studios around, uh, you know, for, for, for the art fair production are now sort of, you know, orphaned in a way. Homeless. Because that, that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. So it's simple to find spaces and provide spaces uh, for people to work in at a safe distance, obviously, and everything sanitized and according to the rules. But, um, you know, those are easy things to do. Then the funding and, you know, a wider sort of social safety net for people whose businesses are, are struggling and things like that within the creative industries are... Um, you know, is is that that's a harder thing to to imagine, and maybe you know something like Art Dubai. Why wouldn't they do that? Because I think part of Art Dubai is, um, you know, so leave Dubai culture aside for a moment. But I mean, if you look at Art Dubai, has done a lot to you know create these creative industries that we have today. I mean, a, a lot of the designers that that are, that are here came through Art Dubai. A lot of these, you know. Um, Artists grew and collectors grew because of those early years of Art Dubai. So wouldn't it be logical now for Dubai to kind of, I wouldn't say bail out because it's kind of crude, but to somehow give back? True. I mean, and I'm hoping times like this would maybe get people to think about this and hopefully whoever is listening to this <laughs> as well because yes I you know I I go back to the fi when the financial crisis happened and we're like oh things will be better and things will improve but it didn't really necessarily work out that way for a lot of uh, industries and people but I'm thinking yes if 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 it's not something that comes from a government or federal level you know then is, is it then private institutions uh, or an example like Art Dubai where you said an opportunity to kind of rethink how you know I mean I know the priority obviously is the galleries and collectors and that's a role of an art fair you know as a default but what else you know if, if there's this kind of stance of engaging with the community which you know comes across in certain in some of the programs they do right and and yeah I don't know other I mean I know Sharjah Art Foundation they normally have like several grants that are offered throughout mm. the year, you know, and uh, I, again, I don't know how that fits in in times of crisis, you know, because everything kind of now is in times of crisis. Uh, but we don't, unfortunately, we don't have many examples of, yeah, like grants that we don't have a long list of grants pe 
people here, artists can refer to that they can apply to, right? Like it's it's almost shameful that they have to apply abroad for for artist sure. grants, and there's not enough within. So this is an open call, an open plea for opportunities to rethink these structures. I mean, there are definitely more art institutions that are, are very supportive but it, uh, of artists, but it's, again, through very kind of smaller circles. So it's not necessarily that's something that's put out there as an open call sure. that invites everyone and, to, to participate. But the ripple effect might, might also kill artists are affected because they're, like, the most vulnerable now. But, I mean, there's a whole circle of people of, you know, freelancers or, or, or self-employed like me who will, you know, eventually not really, I mean, that income will sort of dry up somehow. Of course. Or, or be much more in, um, you know, much more stilted in terms of, of, of how it comes out. Um, so, again, like... Who, to do these people just like stop working and become mm, yeah. errant, you know, beggars in, in parking lots. I don't know what the, 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 the catastrophe scenario is for something like that. But, but in a way, I mean, you can probably expect to, to and now you can't, you can't really go. I mean, you could go somewhere, but you'll never come back. Right. So there's travel yeah. now and travel. Yeah, you know, borders are closed. I think yeah. in 2008, you know, it was okay to just leave. Um, and, and, you know, Find just you, you could go and whatever. But now, you know, that even becomes an issue. And how strict are, is it like to raise funds, right? So if we say a bunch of artists, you know, put an open call, please help us, you know, especially like freelancers, you know, let's raise funds. And I know I think raising money for charity, I think there are lots of rules to it. But I, and I say this just because, again, I've seen examples where I think some sort of freelance group is raising funds for people who've lost jobs, say, in um, the cinema industry. You know, so like people who are working there on hourly basis, all the cinemas have been closed. What happens to them? And people have just been donating money, you know, through like a GoFundMe, you know, account mm -hmm. and whatever. And I don't know what what kind of again, how would that appear? I, I don't know if it's uh, against the culture to put an open call like that for asking people to, you know, donate. I, I don't know. Any thoughts on this? I think uh, I will go back to what uh, the earlier conversation was around uh, funding. Uh, then maybe I might... I'm, I'm also somebody who thinks in the present, so I, I just felt when you were talking, I was thinking about strongly, which I had thought about two days ago, about how everybody has closed borders, mm -hmm. uh, which means that... Um, that limits the periphery, even if you're thinking about the internet, which is more sort of uh, uh, the feeling of, uh, for example, uh, reading something on a Facebook update, <coughs> excuse me, um, and uh, as versus uh, a letter, which is handwritten. It's that kind of feel. So I think that uh, these borders closure will also be a very telling time to really expect a sense of uh, uh, sense of uh, inquiry uh, of things which are around us. Because uh, um, like uh, going back to collectors and all this stuff, you know, like uh, how we pay our bills, uh, I, will, I mean, I, I don't have uh, much of a uh, groundwork done. Now maybe I have to, I have to work uh, closely here. I think it's also really important for us to kind of sort of emphasize on making. You know, we don't even have subsidized studios for artists. You know, like think about it in such a way where, okay, the cancellations of all these gigs are happening. Fine, you know, we can sit down wherever we can and work. But this is where I think we need to 
put more emphasis in. Kevin, I mean, are you hopeful? Do you think, uh, I don't know, certain brands will start to think about nurturing culture, you know, uh, be, embrace it and not just think of it commercially? You mean because of what's happening yeah. now? Um, look, I, mean, I think there's a small window, mm. like a little bit of a glimmer, right? I don't, I don't think I would from, you know, <laughs> jump for joy right, right now. Yeah. But yeah, there's always a little bit of a, of a glimmer of hope that these arguments can, can be put forward and, 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 you know, that there's a kind of conviction that people could start to take. And again, I think you'll see it, you know, it's kind of the, the same way that we're, we're getting a curfew. It's kind of step by step. Mm -hmm. Everything is, is happening very gradually. And I think that's how it will happen as well. Um, you know, I do think that it's a huge um, playing field for culture, though, at the moment, as much as we are sort of silenced and, and, and stuff in, in, in many ways and kind of reeling from... Um, whatever kind of lack of attention, I, I really do feel that in, in a cultural space, I mean, again, this podcast is, is a testament to that, that we can actually start to be the ones to ignite certain conversations that other people are not necessarily having. Um, and again, I think that, that, that with the institutions, that idea of, 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 of you know, sending those things out to the other components of society, notably brands, companies to have more of these conversations. I think everyone is still like worried about survival. I think a lot of brands that are, are you know fundamentally very opportunistic, so they worry about how they're going to stay alive. But at one point when those fears are somehow allayed, maybe there's a way in for cultural players to actually engage with them a little bit more. Because, I mean, the irony, of course, is, you know, we talk about the importance of culture because that's what feeds our soul and this is important. But that was one of the first things that shut down, right, in, in times of crisis. And so I worry that it, it'll still be considered as, you know, a nice to have uh, and not, you know, what, what's the value of culture that is beyond uh, commercial and, and financial benefits, uh, and obviously understandable why spaces were closed, right? I mean, after the schools were closed, I think, you know, the cinemas were closed and then museums, and, and then it becomes, wait, and, and those were closed, obviously, because, you know, you don't want reducing number of people, and, and yet we talk about the importance of art and how to, so I feel there's this kind of two sides of the coin, there's, you know, con there's contradiction, and, and how, what, what, what's, the, what's the light at the end of this tunnel that will give culture here, and I'm, I'm specific to UAE, because like I said, it, it's more a, a, it's a nice to have, it's a good PR exercise, perhaps, for certain <laughs> entities, and how will this be seen as it's important and just as valuable as X, Y, Z, that also makes money? I don't know, am I being super naive? No, but I mean, I think you're right that it's a, it's the most vulnerable and it's the easiest to, to shut down. But again, I mean, I think for us having, you know, working in this field for, for, for so long, we see that it is a place where these conversations can happen. You know, it's not a, it's not a luxury group or, uh, uh, you know, a car, re, you know, franchisee that's going, to, that's going to have the conversation that we can sort of hope to at least infiltrate or, or, or spread it out a, li a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Uh, I, I understand the kind of, uh, you know, complexity of it, but I also feel that it's not too naive to think that... You know, I mean, I spend a lot of time trying to talk to people that, that you know, 
artists are not just makers, right? Artists are thinkers, especially now. Contemporary artists spend a lot of time conceptualizing and think, you know, as I've just, as I said earlier, like more strategically than, than they used to. And I think maybe it's these artists as thinkers that will be the ones to kind of like shake some sense into, into everyone else, or at least, I mean, shake some sense is probably not the right expression, but it's this idea of eye-opening, right? It's, it's this idea of having the conversation about whatever, space, resourcefulness, resilience, these are the kind of conversations that I think that we can try to ignite. And, and, and we've seen people just finding interesting ways of making art and songs and sharing online despite the, you know... Uh, closures and limitations on where to be in public spaces so you know like balcony concerts or group exercise on a rooftop for the neighborhood so it's been quite interesting showing like people I, I think you know people will find ways of connecting and uh, and uh, as much as I'm usually very cynical and I don't have faith in humanity but times like this I've seen actually a lot of people are banding and getting together and make you know and it's been uplifting to see and I mean I read this uh, article yesterday in the Financial Times by Nigerian poet and novelist uh, Ben Okri, which kind of talks about what we just covered, and the title is uh, of the essay is We Need Art More Than Ever, and it ends with, we have to find a way to keep culture alive. It is not only through virtues that a people die, a people also perish when they fail to keep alive the values that make them human, the wellsprings of their sanity. It may well be that it is not only self-isolation and science that saves us. We may also be saved by laughter, by catharsis, by optimism, sorry, by the optimism of being able to see beyond these times with stories and community and songs. So I, I thought that was a beautiful, you know, uplifting piece to read. I urge readers to look for it. It's uh, sorry, I urge listeners to listen to it, uh, to look for it. It's in Financial Times. The title is "We Need Art More Than Ever." And if you haven't read it, here my fellow guests, you should. Uh, and probably something maybe to refer to. You know, we need art now more than ever. And, uh, and maybe to wrap this up, I, I'm curious to know how have you guys been coping the past few weeks, like in. Uh, this self-isolation mode that we've all been uh, put into, whether, you know, are you with someone, are you alone, how are you dealing with it, what are you reading, eating, listening to, kind of curious. <laughs> so that, so I've been reading a lot of um, Nicholas Mirza recently for just reason, personal reasons because I'm trying to write a class on kind of visual literacy and visual culture, so I've been reading The Right to Look and so and I and, and John Berger and so, so these are books that have been in my past uh, 10 days and last night I said no, I'm taking a break from this and I read The Haunting of Hill House I don't know if you were, but the original Shirley Jackson you know, not the, tele, the, the Netflix series kind of um, um, uh, script, but the the original Shirley Jackson from the from the fifties, a bu beautifully written book, but like two hundred and eighty pages in just one shot. To I don't know somehow take a break from everything, but I, I'm finding reading is obviously. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time reading, but I, I'm I'm finding. Um, uh, uh, yeah, a, a kind of pillow now in, in, in the reading. It's really like sucker in a lot of ways. It's really kind of, it just kind of uh, replenishes me even more. I think I'm more conscious of that kind of engagement with books. Zahra, how have you been coping? Well, I've, I've been like cocooning myself in the studio at this point, and I'm also, um, but I'm reading, I'm reading uh, The Nest by Janine Burke. And I'm also reading this book called The Living Consciousness. Um, and it kind of sort of um, tackles the writings of Henry Brookson, um, which is, yeah, so they, I mean, that's like my kind of sort of heavy read, whereas The Nest, which kind of sort of talks about 
like the behavior of birds are my, is my light read. But um, yeah, so I've just been, I think I'm kind of sort of utilizing my time between reading and mostly painting at this point, yeah. Omar, what have you been doing to cope? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm looking at Instagram. Okay. Uh, I look at people's stories. I get fed up when I look at them for a few hours. Uh, but I enjoy some... I think there's fantastic humor coming out at this time, which is also extremely critical if you any read it that way. Any specific accounts you want to give a shout-out to? I really loved this account, which uh, my friend shared it with me. It's basically... Uh, uh, I think, I don't know who did it, but I, I, we were also even um, uh, kind of, uh, it's called the, it's called the Corona Residency. Okay. Uh, oh, I heard about yeah, it. Yeah, it's <laughs> called COVID-19 Residency. All right, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's really something which uh, in a way um, uh, is probably operated by uh, an artist uh, or a collective. And uh, they're talking about us, uh, the commercial art gallery market. Uh, it doesn't, uh, f I mean, I don't fit that particular bill because I don't work like that, but generally I think it's extremely smart. And I also um, uh, started reading um, a book uh, uh, which is, um, which I published by After All, uh, which is also related to the school where I went to, uh, St. Martin's. They started this small publication, uh, which, and they started, they, they were looking at these uh, series of books which speak about one work in one book. And I'm looking at uh, Agnes Martin's uh, work, uh, Night Sea, uh, one of her fairly important paintings. And the book usually just focuses on one single painting, and they just do an autopsy of the work. It's by a woman named uh, Suzanne Hudson. And uh, the series of books are called One Work, and it's by After All Books. And I think uh, the reason I'm interested in this direction also is how I think. Uh, if I'm looking at an artist, I don't look at a lot of their work. Uh, and I just look at one work. And that's how one of my professors, who also teaches in Zayed University, uh, started teaching us art history to look at one painting uh, in art history uh, back in the days. So that was quite special, and it stays with me. Cool. It's all quite heavy and intense. I mean, I've, I've, I'm just missing watching movies because cinemas are closed. So I know the, the first movie I watched at home after the cinemas closed was Contagion, which probably oh didn't That's help. Exactly I, I, I watched it. You know, and, and then I decided I, I need to watch something slightly lighter, but I haven't. I, I've actually struggled to focus. So despite, you know, being at home, I struggled. Like even Contagion took three attempts to finish it uh, because I'm actually... The first week or so was very difficult to focus, uh, but then I decided just to do maybe like stretch exercises and go out for walks, and it's kind of invigorated my mind a bit, so I feel a bit more uplifted and, you know, find, you know, I know, find maybe a director and just focus on his films or her films and just get through this till uh, better times uh, come to us, and I hope sooner, better, you know, than later. And I just want to thank Warehouse 421 for allowing this conversation to happen, and uh, hopefully there'll be more Warehouse 421 conversations, and I want to thank you all so much for joining me, and uh, yeah, we'll just, I think, maybe keep carrying on this conversation and asking these questions, and, and, and you know, let's see how things change for the better for everyone. Yeah. So thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more discussions about art and culture, please follow Tea with Culture on Apple Podcasts, Google Play and SoundCloud. We're also now on Spotify. Or follow us on any other podcast app you may be using.
Please subscribe, like, leave a comment. We'd really like to hear from you. You can also follow Tea with Culture on Twitter and Instagram. Till next time.